0: So what has it been like for a teenager during the pandemic? Welcome to SBH Bronx Health Talk, produced by SBH Health System, and broadcast, albeit remotely, from the beautiful studios at St. Barnabas Hospital in the Bronx. I'm Stephen Clark. The pandemic changed all our lives, but as tough as it's been for adults to change their behaviors, in terms of our day-to-day practices, I'm sure it's been every bit as difficult, if not more so, for adolescents. The fog from the pandemic has cleared here in the Bronx, but what have we learned and what if it returns? With us today to take a look back and ahead is Kevin Green, a clinician with Child, Adolescent and Family Services at SBH Behavioral Health Services. Welcome, Kevin. Oh, thank you so much for having me here today. So let's start out. What were some of the issues you saw uh, in terms of mental health of your young clients, you know, during this period?
1: Well, absolutely. Well, during the uh, onset, when, first of all, we had a transition to, uh, you know, for a lot of people going from their routines completely upended. So one day they're in school, hanging out with their friends, playing sports, involved in all those community activities. And then the next moment they're staying at home, and transitioning to this new normal of remote learning on the computer, having to be with all of their siblings in a crowded apartment perhaps. So a lot of the feelings that we were noticing is anxiety and nervousness and scared and hopeless and anger and fear and a lot of the grief and loss that we were seeing was coming up a lot and just feeling powerless and overwhelmed of the situation. Has that improved at all now that things have tapered off? I would say so. You know, there are some people who are still worried of going outside and getting sick or even getting the parents sick or their grandparents sick or other family members or neighbors sick. So it's still an issue that is still ongoing. And again, on the onset, it was really about educating the uh, parents and then in turn helping to educate their child or teen to making sure they understand how uh, serious the uh, pandemic is.
0: You know, it's funny. You see a lot of these videos on TV. You see a lot of young people congregating outside restaurants, bars, what have you, not wearing masks. You see them at political rallies. I uh, see them at marches. Every young generation feels they're immortal, that they can't be hurt. Do you see that as well?
1: Or have you seen that as well? Well, again, for teenagers, normally They're going to be somewhat defiant because if you want to look at it in a medical term, the brains haven't completely developed and they won't until around the age of 25. It's the, you know, the frontal lobe is not being completely developed and in charge of what we call the executive functioning. So impulse control, judgment, and reasoning, you know, it's not happening the way it would be with an adult. So again, it's helping the parents, you know, again, to talk with their Teen and being open and straightforward of what is at stake and that safety first, because there is a lot at stake and that people could get sick from this.
0: Do you, do you think in, in our community, I mean, the Bronx was impacted dramatically, obviously, by the pandemic. Do you think here maybe people are a little bit more in touch with reality that young people realize what can happen?
1: I would say absolutely, because and having a lot of the sessions with kids and teens early on. You would hear just ambulances go by. It was very serious in March and April, certainly. So I think in seeing a lot of that at the time really helped open their eyes. And at the same time, it allowed for important conversations to have during our sessions to um, educate them and help them understand how important it was to maintain you know, safety precautions with the pandemic. A lot of us
0: were in close quarters during those three months Maybe to a lesser extent now. But when you have teenagers, you know, stuck with their parents for, they weren't going to school, parents weren't going to work for, you know, basically, you know, 16 hours a day whenever they weren't sleeping, did that
1: present problems? Well, I guess, you know, the whole thing was, again, with the routines being completely upended, we were finding early on of teens staying up into the middle of the night and, just being completely exhausted to even get on the computer. And don't forget, the parents were under a lot of pressure, you know, when having to navigate multiple siblings on different laptops with different curriculums at the same time. Some parents, you know, were continuing to work on the front lines. And a lot of teenagers were concerned about, you know, the health and safety of their parent going to work at the hospital, let's say, and some parents have lost maybe their jobs and so it was just really difficult and it was really stressful you know for the teens seeing their parents go through that too so yeah that's we were seeing early on and even now did you
0: find again you know schools pretty much closed their doors in mid-march did you find that was problematic as far as virtual learning i mean is it difficult for a lot of kids anywhere but especially in this community to adapt to something like a virtual learning curriculum?
1: Yeah. So again, you know, teens normally enjoy the social aspect of school and being with friends is an important part of their life. Um, They miss their friends, you know, teens, they need to move. So, um, you know, again, having to be kind of quote stuck in the house or apartment, you know, played a big part in it too. And just having feeling like they had a lack of control over the situation. So, But again, getting back to the transition of school, some of it had to deal with the fact that they were up and into the middle of the night, let's say playing video games or texting friends and then not getting on the curriculum per se, but again, through the sessions and just working through those moments, you know, just to help the teens get on that consistent routine as if they were going to school helped as we moved along into the springtime into now. I assume during this period, you saw your patients virtual, virtually, right? Correct. By phone sessions. Yes. Which I thought was crucial to all of this because, you know, we have that connectedness. It's so important, especially in the crisis, like the pandemic. And so having that already established therapeutic relationship with them definitely helped throughout the process. Because again, you know, teens... It's important that we respond to their cues and emotions and being honest and straightforward, not just with the parents, but, you know, for us clinicians to just take the time to listen and take notice of how they're responding is uh, so important. And I would
0: guess also, at least in your field, you know, psychotherapy, you really didn't miss a step, did you? The fact that, you know, I would think doing it telephonically, and I know eventually we'll also have it video, it really wasn't that different, Right.
1: Not at all. In fact, they were so excited to hear from me and from all of us uh, on the unit and from everyone in the clinic, you know, to just maintain that consistency and connectedness is so crucial in this situation. And I noticed that a lot of people were able to work through their coping skills in this new normal because of that.
0: Right. You know, you mentioned earlier about computers, did social media play a different or more important role during this period than, say, it normally would simply because people were stuck at home and weren't socializing?
1: Oh, without a doubt. Because, again, you have to be a little bit more strategic when you know, you're know you not able to meet with people in person. And, again, when you talk about with everything that's at stake and teens, you know, they normally want to hang out and be close with their friends, social media definitely plays A crucial role in all of this, as long as it's within the limits where they're able to um, connect with people through social media with Zoom or any other social media app, uh, talking with people on a video game. So, yes, the social media played a very important role to keep people safe. Did you encourage your
0: teens to use social media, to use Zoom, to connect with their friends and family members outside?
1: Yes, you know, again, within the limitations. So, uh, you know, when you're talking about being able to stay connected, and how to connect with others safely, whether it's group chats and social media, so they don't feel isolated Doing the FaceTime. Again, for the parents to explain to the kid or teen that hanging out with their friends, boyfriend, girlfriend can literally put lives at risk. So that's something that, you know, we were looking at, especially for people that were isolated, you know, to encourage them to just stay connected with even a grandparent, you know, taking the time to do a video chat. And just, helping, you know, teens learn empathy and compassion, you know, and then the parents, you know, can model that for them, which is so crucial to all of this.
0: Right. Kevin, when you look back at this time, will this be memorable to you?
1: Oh, without a doubt. I've been doing therapy work for quite some time and this is my new normal. So it's a journey that everyone is taking, you know, to be able to help people and help the community throughout this pandemic. is something that's so important to me and helping you know, kids and teens and families work through the process is why I do this work for so long.
0: Did you learn anything different or anything surprise you, even in terms of yourself, you know, as a provider during this three-month
1: period? So again, you have to practice what you preach if you're telling people to get outside and get some fresh air. And in my lunch break, I, you know, with my new normal, I would, you know, go to the park and, get some sunshine and vitamin D and come back in and start my afternoon. So again, because everyone has to take care of themselves and it's so important to you know control the things that you can control and practice what you preach because you know we have to be there for them.
0: Right. Now again taking a look at the future, which is very unpredictable and we see what's going on in different parts of the country now, what have you learned or you know what can you do you know, whether it's two weeks from now, two months from now to deal with your clients?
1: Well, just take it as it comes. You know, you have to again be uh, honest and straightforward with them, you know, helping them understand it won't feel like this forever. And these are life lessons that people can look back on. We don't, we don't know. And the main thing is just keeping positive and staying optimistic and just taking the time to appreciate the things around you, acknowledging, you know, again, for parents to acknowledge That they may not be spending time with friends the way they want to right now and their graduations perhaps got canceled Um, but acknowledge the time that you know they were able to spend with family playing a board game or a video game or or just sitting at the table and having a family meal together um, you know just carries on with you whether this comes back or not i think it's a good learning experience for everyone do you think your young clients
0: are in a different place today than they were three months ago have they grown
1: You know, people are resilient and they carry a lot of strength. And it was so rewarding to see that through the last three months, because just think about all the challenges of having to face just the uncertainties of all of this. But on top of that, having to deal with just teenage life, preteen life, that's challenging in and of itself. And then you're adding on all of the other situations, people with already pre-existing anxieties you're dealing with. You know again the increased anxieties for some people with um you know again the uh, being overwhelmed with schoolwork let's say or parents having to be on the front lines every day so yeah it's it's been a learning process but what i noticed is kids are very resilient and they carry a lot of strength and so do the parents too and the parents learned a lot from this too as far as being strong you know for themselves and for their kids and teens
0: Yeah. Kevin, are there any signs, you know, talking about parents now, are there any signs that parents should look out for that make sure that their kids perhaps aren't faring so well during this period?
1: Oh, sure. So again, it's uh, really responding to the kids' cues and emotions. So a kid that usually is happy, let's say, and doing well in school, and all of a sudden they're closing the door and they're not interacting, Um, and not participating, let's say in school, they're shutting down, they're struggling. Those are the signs that you should look for. And I'll give an example. I have a 14 year old that I work with. He didn't even want to engage in the beginning in phone sessions with me, let's say March and April. And during our sessions in person, he would come in and he would show me uh, some of the music he wrote and played on the guitar. Um, He would write songs and he would show me that on the phone. But Again, when you ha- being strategic when you're having these sessions, I was speaking to him and saying, "Hey, you know what? You know you're at home and can't bring in the whole amp and electric guitar and so want to play a song." So that was his end to just kind of starting to play and then we tapped into some of the other coping skills he could use and he wound up, you know, engaging a lot more as them in the last couple of months. So, you know, again, it's parents, you know, even though they were frustrated that he wasn't going on the computer and participating, Again, when he was able to uh, respond to, oh, you know what, I can learn a new song on the guitar and, you know, I can start connecting with people, try, you know, just do what you can for the school and work. So it definitely put him in a better place with a little bit of encouragement. So again, if the parents notice that and they have to definitely respond to the other kids' cues and and emotions and and helping them out.
0: Right, I I guess what you're saying is kids are resilient and during times of crisis, they can rise to the occasion.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think being able to quote see that, you know, in our phone sessions, really helpful and, and also rewarding to see them go through the life challenges and being able to tap into those coping skills to get them through this and beyond, you know, because it's ongoing. We don't know what the future holds.
0: Right. That makes it tough. I know. So, you know, Kevin, thank you for a few minutes today. Is there a phone number our listeners could call for either more information or make an appointment?
1: Absolutely. Our intake is always open. We're always accepting new cases. So the uh, telephone number for the intake at uh, our office is 718-960-3071.
0: Okay, great. Why don't you repeat it one more time?
1: Yep. 718 718- Okay, great.
0: Uh, Thank you very much for joining us today, Kevin. And for more information on services available at SBH Health System, visit www.sbhny.org. And thank you for listening. Until next time.